Okay, Coach, there's one question everybody wants the answer to, and I'm not leaving this office till I get it, and that is what would you do with $1.6 billion had you won the Mega Millions last night? I would have probably bought, bought an indoor that we had a thermometer on so we could turn the heat up or down with the air conditioning based off of who the opponent was. And then you'd have about a billion left, so let's, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> Good question. No, of course, the quarterback thing is on everybody's mind, and I know you're not going to tell me unless you want to tell me. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, we're just me and you chatting here. But you've gone through this before. You were at Arizona. You had two quarterbacks. That worked. And now you're in a situation where you know you have two quarterbacks that can play. So it seems like the definition of a good problem to have for a coach. You know, I don't even consider it a problem. I just consider it a situation where you're always trying to develop the underbelly of your team. And you want all your positions to be competitive. I thought that was one of the best things about the, the old USC teams. It's a thing that's got Alabama consistently on the top. And it's got everybody else in the ACC chasing Clemson is that they have so much parity and so much competition in practice that when they get to the games, it's almost easy. And that's the thing that uh, every good coach and every good CEO is trying to do for not only uh, their football team as a coach, but their company as a CEO. I think we know what Eric's capable of. We've seen it. We, You and I have discussed it a lot, and, and fans have seen it. This speaks to Tommy's development and what he's done behind the scenes, the game time that he's even gotten this year, Western Michigan, Florida State, and it all seemed to kind of come together in the right moment last week. You know, uh, to be fair to not only uh, Tommy but also Eric, you, you've got to understand that people are pre preparing their defenses for Eric. So if Tommy's got some skills that are a little bit different than him, it's to Tommy's advantage to uh, line up and play against defenses that are designed to stop Eric. Everyone, the most popular person on campus is always the backup quarterback. You know, everybody loves the backup quarterback. Same thing in the NFL. But uh, it's, it's, really, it's really different. And to be the starting quarterback, you know, one day you're the starter and, and then everything changes. Then everybody starts gearing defenses and everything to stop you. So I think that both of those guys have really bright careers and we're lucky to have both of them. One more question on that, Coach. You know, outside of, of the facility, outside of the four walls, if you will, of Syracuse football, everybody's kind of wondering and speculating, how has the team handled it so far? How have you seen them getting ready for this game? Because you try and take it one week at a time and, and keep preparation as the same as you can. But there's a, a couple different circumstances with this game. Another one we'll get to here momentarily. But when you've got more people kind of knocking on the wall, so to say, how do you think they've been uh, preparing so far? For I, think they, I think they've been great. We really had a good spirited practice yesterday. I thought the uh, the, the offense was extremely sharp. It was on fire, actually. And uh, defensively, we started a little slow, and then the defense had a really good second half of practice. And I think guys are, this is the time of year where they got finals and midterms and all those papers that they said they were going to do at the beginning of the semester that they never did. They're, they're, in the, they're in the study hall writing those. So guys are really busy, and I don't think they've got time for a lot of distractions. They're just locking in on what they need to do, not only academically, but what they need to do uh, from a football standpoint to make sure we have our best showing on Saturday. So you go back to Saturday, and Tommy certainly not the only young person that came out in that game and shined. His One of his roommates actually came out, had a terrific game, and uh, Ifato Melonfanwu, who had four pass breakups. That had not happened in a game since Stephen Gregory in 2002. And there's that building depth thing again, Coach, because he had to step in for Christopher, who had the ankle situation, ankle situation and, and you know it, everything w was streamlined there. You know, it was exciting to see him come in there and and play. And 
it it was fun to see the freshmen meet the challenge. You never know what they're going to do. I mean, you see them in practice like, yeah, I think this guy's got an opportunity to carry it from practice to the game. But when you put them out there in those lights, sometimes they hardly know their names when they get out there. Some guys adapt very quickly. Some guys take a little bit more time than others. But if they normally, if they can do it in practice, they can do it in the games. We're talking to Dino Babers here as the Orange get ready for NC State. First primetime Saturday game in Syracuse, New York since 2010, which speaks to how big this NC State game is in one sense. We'll talk about the Wolfpack here in a moment. There's another young player I wanted to ask you about, Coach. Shai Collin came in and made a difference. And has he played to the level now where, you know, you're looking his way more and he's going to earn some more opportunities to come out and make a difference? I think so. I think Shai's done some really nice things. He's one of our uh, physical leaders. I mean, he likes to throw his body around and, and that's part of the game. And I think he does it in a very unselfish manner. He's he's one of those guys that's banged up during the week. But uh, by Friday, he feels a little bit better. By Saturday, he kind of has that look in his eye. And by and by nighttime on Saturday, he's throwing his body around again. So we're we're excited to see him play a little bit more on defense. And, and he's always been a stellar on our special teams. Now, a bye week doesn't cure all. You know, before we started talking, you said just, I'm looking at the tape, looking at the tape. What... Did you see in that game that you said, okay, we corrected that in the bye week, and I like what I see there, and then what are the things you look at and say, still got some work to do? Well, I don't want to throw that out into the airways, but there's, you know, we're working on those things every day in practice, and this season or this story's not over. We're still writing chapters, and there's things that, you know, we're still working on that we have not uh, been able to to get to the level of expertise that we want in certain things. So we're going to continue to work on those things. We're not going to give up. And uh, as young as long, as long as the young men are keep coming out and giving great effort, we're going to be fine. Ryan Finley is certainly one of the best quarterbacks you have seen this year, if not the best by certain definitions. You know, you were talking a little bit about Trevor Lawrence earlier this week, and you see a lot of good quarterbacks on your schedule. But he just seems like that prototype pocket passer. What's the challenge in, in facing a quarterback like Ryan? He's just consistently good. I mean, he, everything he does is as close to perfection as you can get. He's got the highest throwing percentage probably in the ACC. That number has not moved very much since he arrived at NC State, and he's probably one of the top five NFL prospects in the country. Let me flip the script and look at their defense a little bit. Whoever is a quarterback certainly will have a challenge, but they also have the number nine run defense in the country. And, you know, when you look at that, what do you think you can get from your running game in this in this game? And what does that NC State defense present to you? Well, you know, uh, the team that rushed for a lot of yards against us only, I think they had like no, none of their backs had over 100 yards against them. And that's at their place. So they're really, really good on the run. Those guys are built like redwood trees. They're huge. They're strong. They have a freshman linebacker that's extremely physical. That's probably going to be an NFL player. He's an outstanding player. They're really, really good in the run. And but that doesn't mean we have to. We we give up on that because you can't win the game if you at least can't run the football when you want to run the football. And we've got to find ways. That's what I was upstairs. We got to find ways to run the football if we're going to have an opportunity to win this game. Coach, final thought from you. I know you want every home game to be jammed to the gills and and that dome rocking. But there's something about a primetime game, a night game, a ranked team. There's some elements in this game that really kind of up the atmosphere here. What kind of difference can that crowd make Saturday night? Oh, it can be huge. I mean, we talk about Virginia Tech. We talk about Clemson. We talk about Florida State. It's one of those nights. And the other thing, it's a big night for recruiting. We're going to have a lot of recruits that are tuned in that can't get up here for the game because they're high school games, and it would be great for them to see the atmosphere or the vision of what we think the Loud House can mean to us in our football program not only this year, but in the years to come. Coach, thank you. Good luck. Thanks, Brent.